welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hi. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm dying for spring, oh, as we all yeah. are. Um, and I was thinking like, oh, what are the, some of the things we can do mm, when the weather's mm-hmm. warm and stuff like that? I was like, Blind oh, tours. We, oh, yeah, definitely oh, wine yeah. tours. No, we're definitely doing wine tours. But also I was thinking we should go up to the Adirondacks again. Yeah, and, and then I we remembered. almost died. <laughs> so when so Steve's family has a cabin up in the Adirondacks, and Julie and I, who are as you may guess, indoor not, kids, <laughs> not outdoorsy, <laughs> we were like, we're gonna do this. Like we're tough. Like we was we went and climbed a mountain, and mm-hmm. Julie only fell like three times. Yeah, and it was slippery. <laughs> it was slippery. It was it, it was, was very a slippery, slippery mountain. It was. And you didn't hurt yourself. No. And I didn't hurt myself. And it was fun. And so we were feeling yeah. strong and we were empowered. feeling like empowered. Uh-huh. And we were, were going on another hike and we got out of the car and we were like, look at these berries on this bush. And I was like, Julia, look, wild raspberries. And we were like, nom, 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 And Steve's looking at us with his eyes wide open. And he goes, those are not. And we were like, we're like, they're not what? They're not what? They're not the what? next word out of your mouth better be poison. Those aren't poison. <laughs> and it was we. There was a brief moment. It was a. It was. It felt like forever. <laughs> that we were like, we're gonna have to call poison. Oh, we're, they're gonna have it. to drive us to the nearest hospital, which is probably in friggin' Watertown or some dump like that. By that point, yeah, the poison will have taken. <laughs> so, <laughs> luckily, we did not die, as you can tell. We're still here. We are still here. Uh, but that that close call, at least it's still considered a close call in my head, uh, I uh, was inspired to do uh, to my topic today, which is um, poison plants. This is what I say. Awesome. Yeah. So to start off with, I'm going to talk about the Alnwick Garden at the Alnwick Castle in mm. Northumberland, England. It is North England's most uh, beautiful attractions, one of the most beautiful attractions. Um, and it has many beautiful gardens started by the Duchess of Northumber- Northumberland. Her name is Jane Percy. Um, but there is a smaller garden within its walls that has heavy iron gates that warn visitors that they should not stop and smell the plants. <gasps> Tell me more. The gates have a skull and crossbones and bear the missive, these plants can kill. Uh, this is the Poison Garden of Alnwick. And she started the garden after visiting the Poison Gardens of the Medici. Oh, of course. Of you course. know what? If you said, <laughs> take a wild guess yeah. at who had some poison what gardens. What Italian family? <laughs> uh, so she decided to start uh, one of her own, um, specifically to educate the public mm-hmm. about poison plants and edible plants and also um, about drugs and things Not like that. Not to actually poison her Not, enemies. like. No. Our good friends, the Medici's. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, a couple of things about the Alnwick Garden. Uh, one of her, one of the Duchess's favorite plants is called uh, Brugmansia, um, and it's it's most commonly known as Angel's Trumpet. It's a member of the Solanaceae family, which includes deadly nightshade. It's called the Nightshades oh, family. Okay. Um, it grows in the wild in South America, and she said, "quote It's an amazing aphrodisiac before it kills you." <laughs> <laughs> she she explained that Victorian ladies would often keep a flower from the plant on their card tables and add a small amount of its pollen to their tea to incite an LSD-like trip. Oh, my God. Isn't that funny? Uh, she said, Angel's trumpet is an amazing way to die because it's quite pain-free. A great killer is usually an incredible aphrodisiac. <gasps> Uh, an amazing vi- way to die. <laughs> I know. Oh, jeez. Until, like, your lungs shut down mm-hmm. and you go blind or something like that. Um Visitors to the Alnwick Garden uh, are often surprised to learn that the laurel hedge, or uh, also known as English laurel, um, nearly ubiquitous in English gardens, can be highly toxic. Oh. Uh, some visitors have had experience with laurel's sinister side. The Duchess has heard a few talk talks about how, after loading up their cars with pruned laurel leaves to take to the dump, drivers have fallen asleep behind the wheel of their car from the toxic fumes oh. the branches emit. Can no. you imagine? I can't Jeez. believe it. <clears throat> Apparently, Laurel Hedge, which is like privet hedge, yeah. like you see it all the time. Everywhere, every part of it is poisonous. <gasps> the leaves, the branches, the sap, the berries, the flowers, everything. 
super toxic. Oh boy. It's crazy. Um, so I've broken up my topic mm-hmm. into different categories. Okay. So the first category is called food that will kill you. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Oh yeah. That's my sound effect right there. So droops, mm-hmm. uh, such as plums, peaches, apricots at all. Uh, also apples. Their seeds contain a high amount of what's known as amygdalin. Um, that produces cyanide in the human body and can subsequently kill you. Oh. So apple seeds have a low amount of the chemical compound and apricots have the highest. And it has been wrongly used as a cancer cure since the 1950s. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's also known as vitamin B17. It's not actually a vitamin. It's just like what they've been calling it instead of cyanide. Oh my gosh. Because it can kill you. Uh, many people have died from the use of it as a quack cancer cure, but some people have poisoned themselves because they're selling it as health food. Oh, my so gosh. I came across an article mm-hmm. from the C- CBC Radio in Canada from this past November. The, the headline is, man treated for cyanide poisoning from apricot kernels says, selling them like nuts is nuts. <gasps> so apparently this man named Brendan Brogan, he ended up getting into the hospital being treated for cyanide poisoning. Uh, after he decided to treat himself to a, quote, luxury snack from a Montreal health food store. So this health food store uh, is called uh, Rochelle Berry, and they were selling um, apricot pips. Huh. So it's a $16 bag of organic traditions, bitter dried apricot kernels. So he's from California. He's in Montreal. He's like, this is healthy. Mm. Great. He's like, munchity, munch, munch. And his friend, who he was staying with, is allergic to nuts. And he was like, those better not be nuts. I can't even like be in the same room. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. They're apricot apricot kernels. And he was like, you better be careful with those. Those are poisonous. And he goes, they can't possibly be poisonous. I just bought them at the Rochelle Berry. Exactly. He goes, look, it says superfood on them. Then he read the warning on the back. (gasps) The warning on the back says... (laughs) Caution, do not consume more than two to three kernels per day. Right? They shouldn't sell They those? shouldn't sell that. He goes, he started to panic. I had just probably munched down about 40 of them. <laughs> because when you grab a snack, yeah. you're not checking to see if it's going to fucking kill you. Ah, the serving size thing. <laughs> yeah, Man. no one looks at the serving sizes. So he said, um, he... They called poison control and poison control was like, get to the hospital. So they get there and he goes, I learned there was there that the staff had never heard of apricot poisoning. But when they saw there was a health warning in the bag, they sort of jumped into action right away and admitted me to the hospital and had a doctor check me out probably in 15 minutes. He goes, I had to drink a huge glass of charcoal soup, which was like eating seven or eight charcoal bricks from a barbecue. And then they tested my blood every couple hours while keeping me under observation. He said he was released the next day and he had a pounding headache akin to a hangover for two days. Um, but yeah, it could have easily oh my gosh. killed him. <clears throat> and this is, I feel like this is one of those things where, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, we should all grow our own food. Like that's how you get in touch with the, with the earth. But the fact of the matter is, if we're not in tune with where our food comes from and what is involved in that mm-hmm. food, then you forget or you don't ever learn yeah. the the important facts like um don't eat peach pits yeah. or don't eat apricot seeds wow. because it can kill you because there are plenty of edible foods out there but there are parts of the same food that you should not be eating right and i feel like there's not enough education about that out there because it's just like oh an apple an apple's not going to kill me and in fact it won't even if you ate the core as well you'd have to eat a lot of apple cores yeah but you don't have to eat that many apricot pits to die. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Beans will also kill you. What? Uh, Does Steve know this? He, I think he does. Does Justin Uh, McElroy know this? I don't know. We should probably write in. I mean, we are a small time podcast. I don't know if the McElroy brothers will even listen to us. We're like, this is the warning. (laughs) This is it. If you're not listening to us, that's on you guys. Uh, uncooked lima beans also have high levels of cyanide in them, which can be made safe just by cooking them up. So this is a, a just a really great excuse for me to not eat lima beans. Exactly. They're poisonous. They're I will die. poisonous. Exactly. So um, if you eat them raw and uncooked some beans, such as the common kidney bean or fava bean, they have something called lectin in them, uh, which sets off a very unpleasant process known as mitosis in mammals. 
It prevents an absorption of proteins in the cells, but the most uh, it most immediately causes nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Uh, this is normally not fatal, but I'm sure you'd avoid it in the future if you experience this. Uh, the FDA recommends soaking kidney beans for at least five hours, thus removing the toxin. This is why wow. this is part of the reason yeah. why you have to soak beans. Or you cook them at Not at least... Not just because they're hard as rocks. Yeah, exactly. Um, or you can cook them at at least 212 degrees Fahrenheit for 10 minutes, which is actually longer than you need to actually cook the bean. Oh, wow. So apparently lower cooking temperatures actually makes the lectin angry and oh. strengthens it. Uh, <laughs> In fact, it doesn't actually make it angry because it's not sentient, but the real (laughs) word is called potentiating. It actually strengthens the poison. Oh, my. Up to five times more poisonous than the original dry bean. And the use of slow cookers has been blamed on poisoning outbreaks in the past since the low cooking temps have been unable to degrade the toxin. So if you're going to cook your beans in the slow cooker or... In the Instapot, you got to soak them babies. Soak if them you don't, and then crank up the temps. Yeah, crank up those temps <gasps> or else you are going to be very sick. You know, I don't, I don't feel like people tell us these no, things. No, they don't. I, I was doing my research and I was like, big bean. <laughs> big bean <laughs> is oh, man. not educating its public. Well, you're not going to like this next one. Oh. Potatoes are a member of the aforementioned Solanaceae family, mm-hmm. which includes Deadly Nightshade and Henbane, mm-hmm. which is the name of my all-female grindcore metal band. We are Henbane. <laughs> Henbane. We're here to peck. <laughs> peck, peck, peck. That's our, that's our chant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> potatoes contain toxic compounds known as glycoalkaloids. Mm-hmm. Um, the concentration of glycoalkaloid in wild potatoes is sufficient to produce toxic effects in humans. Uh, the toxin affects the nervous system, causing headaches, diarrhea, and intense digestive disturbances, cramps, weakness, and confusion, mm-hmm. and in severe cases, coma and death. Uh, poisoning from cultivated potatoes occurs very rarely. However, as toxic compounds in the potato plant are generally concentrated in the green portions in the plant yeah. and in the fruits. So it's from eating them like raw. Yeah, like super young. Mm-hmm. Um, cultivated varieties contain smaller concentrations than wild plants. So this is why mm-hmm. you should not eat wild potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, also cooking at high temperatures over 340 degrees Fahrenheit also partially destroys the toxin. So they're saying fry them up. Yeah. Fry Mash up your potatoes. Throw yep. them in a stew. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Taters. The, the hobbits had it right. Um, so now this is interesting. <clears throat> Exposure to light, physical damage, and age can increase glycoalkaloid content within the tuber, which mm. is a potato, uh, the highest concentrations <laughs> Boy, I... occurring just underneath the skin. So tubers that are exposed to light turn green from chlorophyll synthesis. So you've had old potatoes before. Sure. That turn green. And that gives a visual clue as to the areas of the tuber that may have become more toxic. So those parts oh. are actually more toxic. It's like when you have a green potato chip. Um. Yeah, kind of, I guess. Yeah, but like then, that, that got sliced off that part. But then it got cooked. But then it got yeah. cooked, so you're fine. Um, but it's not It's not a definitive guide. It's just this is a this is an area that's green. This area is probably more mm. apt to be toxic. Um, so FYI, there you go. Um, tomatoes are also nightshades. Tom Brady's nemesis. Tom Brady's nemesis. Also strawberries. He hates strawberries. Um, he was on, he was on the late show the other night. Can I tell you? Yeah. He's got such a dumb face. His big stupid eyes and his dumb jaw. I just, oh, he's so annoying. Anyway. So punchable. So punchable. So glad he lost the Super Bowl. (sighs) God, me too. Anyway, tomatoes. (laughs) Tomatoes will kill Tom Brady. Um, the poison is concentrated in the leaves and stems. However, herbal tea made from the leaves of tomato plants has been responsible for at least one death. But why? Because they the- make regular tea. Why do you need to? <laughs> well, that's another thing. Like if you, it, like with a lot of like wellness, uh-huh. wellness is a big thing now. Health food goop as mm-hmm. our dear Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, it's all about like going back to nature. It's kind of like a new hippie thing. So, if, you know, tomato plants smell amazing. They do smell good. Yeah. So what's, you know, I'm sure there's somebody, some quack doctor out there who's like, ooh, you know where all the good flavonoids mm. are? Tomato leaves. And then they die. So there you go. Ridiculous. Next uh, category is pretty flowers that will kill you. Dun, dun, dun. I'm your fully artist today. Oh, thank you. 
The angel's trumpet, the aforementioned mm-hmm. angel's trumpet, is a lovely plant with glossy dark green leaves and pretty pink trumpet-shaped flowers. All parts of all plants in this genus contain the tropane alkaloids scopolamine and atropine, often fatal. Ah. These plants are closely related to and were once grouped with members of the Datura genus, which contains the same deadly alkaloids. Effects of ingestion may include losing connection with reality and hallucinations. An unfortunate case has been reported in the neuroscience literature about a young man performing self-amputation with pruning <gasps> shears after intentionally ingesting Stop. brugamansia tea boiled from just two flowers. Snippity snip. Don't eat angel's trumpet. So there you go. And that's the thing that the Victorians would sprinkle yeah. in their tea. Yeah. You got to watch out for that stuff. Uh, foxglove. We've all mm-hmm. heard of foxglove. Fox it's also glove. known as digitalis. It contains what's known as digoxin, which uh, causes cardiac arrhythmias, but can be harvested to synthesize heart medication, also known as digitalis, okay. which controls heart rate. So they can use, so it's a plant that's poisonous, but they can use it in doses. Yes. As medicine. As medicine. But it will 100% kill you if it's not synthesized. Um, This was interesting. Cerbera odalum. It is commonly known as the suicide tree. (gasps) The seeds contain cerberin, a a potent toxin related to digoxin. The poison blocks the calcium ion channels in heart muscles, causing disruption of the heartbeat. This is typically fatal and can result from ingesting a single seed. Cerberin is difficult to detect in autopsies, and its taste can be masked with strong spices, such as a curry. Getting my drift? It is often Mm. used in homicide and suicide in India. Wow. Uh, Kerala, which is um, an area... town in india an area in india uh suicide rate is about three times the indian average and in 2004 a team led by Ivan guillard of the laboratory of analytical toxology in france documented more than 500 cases of fatal cerbera poisoning between 1989 and 1999 in kerala they said to the best of our knowledge no plant in the world is responsible for as many deaths by suicide as the odalum tree so they know what this tree is. Yes. You can identify it. Yep. And they just know. If you want to die or if you want to kill someone. You got to eat some of this. Any, any of it. The bark, the leaves, the stems. Wow. The fruit. Yeah. So any any chance they're trying to like get rid of the trees? I don't think so. I mean. Because I guess you would destroy it by like chopping it down and burning it. But then you wouldn't want to burn it. No. Because, I'm sure there's like some sort of. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So. Next one, Conium maculatum, commonly known as hemlock, hemlock. poison hemlock, spotted parsley, scotted cowbane, bad man's oatmeal. Bad man's oatmeal? Bad man's oatmeal. Ah, uh, yes. Did you hear about old Socrates? He died <laughs> he took from the, some bad man's, bad oatmeal. man's oatmeal. Also known as poison snakeweed and beaver poison. Those all, are all, those all sound better than them. Than, Hemlock? No, the the oatmeal one. Oh, bad man's oatmeal. (laughs) Um, All parts of the plant contain the alkaloid coenine, which causes stomach pains, vomiting, and progressive paralysis of the central nervous system. That sounds awful. It is fatal. Not to be confused with hemlock trees, which, while not edible, are not nearly as toxic as the herbaceous plant. I just learned that hemlock, the poisonous plant, is not the same thing as hemlock, the tree. I taught you that. You did te- teach me that, and I was blown away. I didn't believe you at first, I think. <laughs> uh, turns out there's a lack of trust here in this comedy in this comedy trivia there is, podcast. There is a, a division. A of skepticism. <laughs> I think it was more of like an incredulous no. I think it was more like that. Okay. Not pretty, but pretty deadly. Castor beans, commonly known as castor oil plant, castor bean, and palma christi. Wait, but castor oil, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So here we go. Huh. The seeds contain ricin, an extremely <gasps> toxic and water-soluble ribosome inactivating protein. It is also present in lower concentrations in other parts of the plant. Also present are ricinine, an alkaloid, and an irritant oil. According to the 2007 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records, the castor oil plant is the most poisonous in the world, although its cousin Abrin, found in the seeds of the Jaquirdi plant, is arguably more lethal. Castor oil as you mentioned before, long used as a laxative muscle rub and in cosmetics is made from the seeds, but the ricin protein is denatured during processing. Oh, okay. So it's safe. Yeah. I just feel like 
any like old timey cartoon, like someone would punish someone by giving them pouring like a them a tablespoon of castor oil. Yeah, Ugh. but it's a laxative, so I guess that's good. Ugh. Uh, ugh. Um, reports of actual poisoning by castor beans is relatively rare. If ingested, symptoms may be delayed by up to thirty six hours, but commonly begin within two to four hours. Uh, these include a burning sensation in the mouth and throat, hmm. abdominal pain, purging, and bloody diarrhea. Within several Boy. days, there is severe dehydration, a drop in blood pressure, and a decrease in urine. Unless treated, death can be expected to occur within three to five days. If victims have not succumbed after this time, they often recover. So you're aware that something's wrong. It's not oh, like yeah. when it's cyanide and it's almost instantaneous or yeah. something. Yeah, it's definitely like not great. Um, <laughs> it was famously used to assassinate Bulgarian dissident Georgi Markov in 1978. Mm-hmm. A dose of purified rice and powder the size of a few grains of table salt can kill an adult human. And Markov was killed. He was in London. Um, he was like out in a park or something. And there was from the Bulgarian secret police, a guy walked by him and stabbed him with the end of his umbrella right. and injected a pellet under his skin. And he died like within a week. It's a terrible way to go. So don't eat castor beans, guys. All right. Next category. Fungi that can kill you. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So there are a lot of mushrooms that can kill you, FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, please do not go into the woods and pick one and then eat it. It is a mistake. And even the most experienced <laughs> fungus hunters can be fooled and subsequently murdered. Do not do it. Do not do it. Okay. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to go through all of yeah. them. But of the most lethal mushrooms, three, mm-hmm. the death cap. It's right in the I name. I know, right? Destroying angels and the fool's mushroom. <laughs> I'm not that kidding. That one you. doesn't sound as dangerous as well, the other two. Yeah, because you're a fool. Because uh, you're dead. Uh, they belong to the genus uh, Amanita. And two more, the deadly webcap and the fool's webcap are from the genus uh, Cortinarius. Wow. So Amanita causes liver failure and death. Um, some... Uh, are poisonous and some are not mm-hmm. of the Amanita. Uh, who's to say? They look like giant puffballs. You know, yeah. you've seen the giant puffballs. Uh-huh. Um, giant puffballs are edible and can be fried in butter and are very tasty. But <laughs> these deadly Amanitas, yeah, don't chance them. So the Cordinarius, uh, they also cause uh, they cause kidney failure and death. Mm. Oh, okay. They well, look, you know, they look just like regular ass mushrooms, just like oh. a brown mushroom. My mom is, refuses to eat. Or touch anything that has been near a mushroom. Just so, like for thirty-five years, my dad has not been able to cook mushrooms in their oh. house, even though he loves them. Oh, that's so. sad. Well, I don't like mushrooms either. I think yeah. they taste like dirt. Yeah. Well. So there's no chance of me, LT, <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. Um. So f- here is my uh, my last category. It's called plants that may not kill you, but will freak you out, man. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, this is about psychedelic plants. So, uh, cannabis. Enough. Said. We know what we that know is. what that is. Blah blah blah. Uh, opium poppy, very Ooh, beautiful. Yes. Uh, the beautiful opium poppy is native to Turkey and is a common garden plant in the U.S. When the unripe seed capsules are cut, they exude a milky latex that is a source of raw opium and can be processed into morphine, codeine, and heroin. Known as opiates, these drugs exert their main effects on the brain and spinal cord. While their principal action is to relieve or suppress pain, these drugs also alleviate anxiety, induce relaxation and sedation, and may impart a state of euphoria or another enhanced mood. Heroin is especially known for generating an intense ecstatic reaction that spreads throughout the body as a warm, glowing sensation. Mm, so now that I've described it, you don't have to try it. Thanks. Um, Thanks, opiates, Lord. <laughs> opiates also have important physiological effects. They slow the heartbeat and respiration, suppress the cough reflex, and relax the smooth muscles of the gastrointestinal tract. Um, chronic users develop a tolerance and require progressively larger doses to achieve the same effect. Heroin and morphine overdoses often result in death. Uh, peyote. Peyote is a small cactus found only in the Chihuahuan Desert of southern Texas and northern Mexico. The tops of the cactus can be dried to form mescal buttons, which are well known for their hallucinogenic effects, and contain the alkaloid mescaline, among others. Ah, yes. Yes, we've heard of this. The hallucinatory effects vary greatly among individuals, and even for a particular individual from one drug experience to the next. It's very... Mm -hmm. 
um, mercurial. The variations seem to reflect such factors as the mood and personality of the individual and the setting in which the drug is administered, a.k.a. a bad or a good trip. Hallucinations are usually visual, less often auditory. Side effects include nausea and vomiting. Peyote, like most other hallucinogenic drugs, is not considered to be addictive and is reputed by cultists and some observers Mm -hmm. to promote morality and ethical behavior among the Native Americans who use it ritually. We all knew those guys in college who wanted to take peyote and write like Hunter S. Thompson in the desert. I knew them. You knew them. They were a bunch of fucking losers. So, Uh, Mescaline, not to be confused with mescaline, which is a salad green. <laughs> so don't put mescaline in, in your, your strawberry salad. Yes. Put mescaline yes. in it. Also, don't be scared when you see a menu that lists mescaline. Yeah, because it's not mescaline. <laughs> Next, <laughs> salvia, an unassuming member of the oh. mint family. The herb salvia has made headlines for its growing yeah. popularity. Yeah, like Miley Cyrus. Yes. Love salvia. Well, she was caught, this was just before like her like wild times. She was caught smoking pot and she was like, oh no, it's not pot, it's salvia. And people were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Whatever. Um, salvia is native to Mexico. Uh, the plant is hallucinogenic and has historically been used by shamans to achieve altered states of consciousness. Mm. It is currently legal in both the UK and the US. The leaves can be eaten or smoked and feature an active ingredient known as salvorinin A, which activates specific nerve cell receptors. Wow. The effects are intense but short-lived and include changes in mood and body sensations, visions, feelings of detachment, and altered perceptions of self. Advocates of the plant emphasize uh, that the effects are spiritual and claim that those who try to use it as a party drug will be disappointed by its effects. No, 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 like you guys are using it wrong. Yeah, That's they're like why. unless you want to find God, like you, don't like even it won't, it won't work. It won't work. Like it'll know. <laughs> um, ayahuasca, uh, which I would argue is uh, besides heroin the heavier of the hallucinogens. <laughs> so uh, ayahuasca is a South American vine used as the primary ingredient for a psychoactive drink of the same name. Culturally important to a number of Amazonian peoples, the brew has grown in popularity among tourists speaking a spiritual awakening, a.k.a. white people, particularly in Peru. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca is said to generate intense spiritual revelations with users often reporting a sensation of rebirth and a deeper understanding of themselves and the universe. Also, they just like vomit for like nine hours straight. terrible. Um, Yeah, some users... (laughs) experience significant psychological distress under the influence of the drug. And a number of deaths have been reported. Ingestion is commonly followed by a vo- by vomiting or diarrhea, which shamans deem to be the purging of oh. negative energies. There was, so um, Netflix did like a little series with Chelsea Handler. It was like Chelsea does. Oh, yeah. And there were like four episodes of the first series. And one of them was she, she went and did ayahuasca mm. and filmed it. And she had like a, you know, a person there that was like their guide and two of her friends like agreed to go on this oh my trip God, no, and never. do this. And like it, they kind of like show part, parts of the process and you get super sweaty and then you got your puke bucket and it's not for emetophobes. I'll tell you that no, much. Never. I'd you, rather just drink a bottle of wine and go to bed. Yeah. That's, that is the, <laughs> that is the max level of drugs I will do. Like, I'll drink a bottle of wine. Yeah. Alcohol. <laughs> I'll do that. I remember in college. Alcohol and caffeine. Those are mine. <laughs> done and done. Ugh. I remember in college, I was, this is how close I am to my parents, which is like nice, but also I know you have been like, I think, I think you guys need to take some time off. I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't said that to me. But, <laughs> but you're like, I don't know what, but I was in college and there were a bunch of guys that I was hanging out with and they were going to do mushrooms. And I remember on my way to the party, I called my mom. And I was like, hey, um, the guys are going to do mushrooms tonight. Have you ever done mushrooms? And her reaction was so chill. She was like, mushrooms? Not me. No, let me ask your father. Dave, <laughs> have you ever done mushrooms? And he was like, what? So <laughs> You're narking on your parents. I know. Well, they were like, okay, well, you know, I was like, I'm not planning on doing it. And they're like, all right, we'll just be safe. So that was nice. I did not, in fact, do mushrooms that night. Great. Yeah. That night. Mostly, well, I know, right? <laughs> well, mostly because I didn't have a ride home. And also, I don't like being out of control. You oh, know what I yeah. mean? Especially w- mm-hmm. of my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting anything in my body that is going to make me see weird stuff. So anyway. No, thanks. No, thank you. 
All right. We, we could be like, if Dare came back, we could be like the spokesladies <laughs> for it. Yeah, because we're so cool and teens will listen to us. <laughs> teens will listen to us. They're like, guys, you know what's really good? Wine. You know what's bad? Cocaine. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. All right. Where's my check? Are we done here? Um, so my next, my next one is coca. Ah. Coca is a tropical shrub native to certain regions of Peru, Bolivia, and Ecuador. Its leaves contain the alkaloid cocaine and have, have been chewed for centuries by the Indians of Peru and Bolivia for pleasure or in order to withstand strenuous working conditions, hunger, and thirst. Energy. Right? Energy. Exactly. Much like the boys of Wall Street used to do in the 1980s. <laughs> However, the leaves can also be processed into a potent white crystalline powder that is injected, smoked, or otherwise consumed. Mm. When ingested in small amounts, cocaine produces feelings of well-being and euphoria, along with a degree- decreased appetite, relief from fatigue, and an increased mental alertness. Mm-hmm. Gets you skinny. Uh, <laughs> cocaine is habit-forming, and when taken in larger amounts and upon prolonged and repeated use, cocaine produces depression, anxiety, irritability, sleep problems, chronic fatigue, mental con- confusion and convulsions a toxic psychosis can develop involving paranoid delusions and disturbing tactile hallucinations in which users feel insects crawling under their skin Ugh. i know cocaine u- abuse which has been a marginal drug problem throughout much of the 20th century gl- grew alarmingly in the late 20th century in several countries and cocaine became responsible for a markedly increased proportion of drug-induced deaths yeah so isn't it funny when we like listen to music from the 70s and 80s and we're like Oh, yeah. They were just they on were a bunch on of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because cocaine, like the powder, mm-hmm. was like for like rich people in Hollywood oh, yeah. and like New Yorkers and like people who are going to like clubs and things. Studio 54. Yeah. While crack cocaine, which was smoked, oh. was like, you know, like minorities and black people and poor people do that. Like mm-hmm. that's gross. But it's the same drug. It's just, it just looks different. Yeah. And that was part of the, like, the crack is whack, the whole, like, crack cocaine um, emergency situation Mm -hmm. that was going on in the 80s and 90s. So um, that's just, like, a sociological and cultural messed up Mm -hmm. thing that the effects of we're still dealing with today. But not to bring the podcast down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The last... uh, plant i'm going to be talking about is the beetle nut the beetle nut yes although not well known in the west beetle chewing is a habit of an estimated one-tenth of the world's population and beetle is considered to be the fourth most common psychoactive drug in the world following nicotine alcohol and caffeine is it spelled like the bug no it's b-e-t-e-l beetle okay like beetle beetle juice juice. yes we can't say it two more times no we don't say it again Oh, well, this is going to be really hard for me to finish this up. Well, the whole word. Oh, okay. Beetle nuts <laughs> grow in the areca palm and are cultivated in India, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Malaysia, and the Philippines. Uh, for chewing, a beetle quid is formed by wrapping a small piece of the areca palm seed, the beetle nut, in a leaf of an unrelated beetle pepper plant, along with a pellet of slaked lime, which is calcium Ooh. hydroxide. Mm delicious uh beetle chewing releases a number of addictive alkaloids that cause sensation of mild euphoria and regular users often have red stained teeth and lips although it is important in many cultural traditions of southern asia beetle chewing is linked to a number of serious health problems including oral and esophageal cancer so it's kind of like cha it is it's kind of like cha um eastern cha yeah it's basically like tobacco essentially uh-huh. it's like a an eastern tobacco um it co- it has the same it has similar properties to um, tobacco. Wow. So those are some some <laughs> plants that will not kill you, but will mess you up, man. Ugh. There's <laughs> it, there's a lot of stuff that can kill us. Indo- being an indoor kid is way safer. Oh my gosh! You know what? I've always thought that, and I'm glad I took that path. We in life. evolved to build houses and live inside them. Oh yeah. There's there's currently like Jezebel has a bracket uh-huh. of like, and indoor plumbing is killing it. Oh, just yeah. Just going from just top-seated indoor plumbing, mm-hmm. indoor plumbing. People are like, indoor plumbing against pets. People are like, indoor plumbing. <laughs> like, I will gladly give up my puppy. Indoor plumbing over nightmare rectangle in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'll, fl- I'll flush a toilet till the day I die. Anyway. <laughs> Misinformation. <laughs> I'll flush a toilet till the day I die. That's it. That's, That's our, our t-shirt. t-shirt. That's our t-shirt. Okay, so <laughs> here is my quiz. All right. My quiz is tangentially related. It's called Poison Pen, a quiz on murder mysteries. 
Question number one. Agatha Christie had several recurring characters, including the foppish and brilliant Hercule Poirot and the shrewd and merry Miss Marple. What was the name of her recurring character who frequently worked with Poirot and is said to be based on the author herself? Question number two. The movie version was a bust, but the chilly novel it was based on made author Yo Nesbo a fixture in Scandinavian crime fiction. What is that novel? Question number three. He has written what seems like thousands of books with varying degrees of quality, and James Patterson's most famous main character appears in 27 of them, along with a couple of movies. Who is this character? Question number four. True or false, the modern neo-noir Chinatown starring Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway was based on a novel of the same name. Question number five. Who was the author of The Moonstone, a frenemy of Charles Dickens, and the beleaguered, unreliable narrator of Drood? Question number six. Mystery writers love a series theme, a perfect example being the late, great Sue Grafton's Alphabet series. What is the theme of Janet Ivanovich's Stephanie Plum series? Question number seven. Some mystery authors write romance novels, and usually under a pen name. What was Agatha Christie's romance alter ego who published books with names like A Daughter's a Daughter and Giant's Bread? Question number eight. How many different endings did the 1985 movie Clue have? Question number nine. Mon Dieu, what is widely considered to be the first detective fiction story? Question number ten. As mentioned previously, a lot of cozy mystery books have dumb themes. I'm going to name four book titles, and you're going to tell me if they're real or something I made up. One, Meet Your Baker. Two, Unleavened Dead. Three, Assaulted Caramel. Four, Pancakes and Corpses. We'll give you a minute to think about it, and I'll be right back with answers. Yeah, Spider-Man and Freezing full effect. Uh-huh. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, dude? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. Take it down. Girl, I must warn you. I sense something strange in my mind. Yo, situation is Let's kill it because we're running out of time. Question number one, Agatha Christie had several reoccurring characters, including Hercule Poirot and Miss Marple. What was the name of her reoccurring character who frequently worked with Poirot and is said to be based on the author herself? Tell me the first letter. Okay, A. Tell me the second letter. Uh, of like in first sequence? Name. Yeah. Oh, R? Mm, no, I don't know it. Her name was Ariadne Oliver. Okay. She shows up in a couple of books, including Elephants Can Remember. Um, she was, uh, her character was a murder mystery writer who loved apples, ate a ton of them. Uh, she was a bit of a flake. Her defining character. Yeah. Yeah. Was she just she loved, loved apples. apples. Like just wobbling one, around. Just, <laughs> I think in Elephants Can Remember, I've read a lot of Agatha Christie books, by the way. In Elephants Can Remember, she's like getting out of her car to like say, say hello to Poirot. And she opens up the door and all these apple cores like tumble out. <laughs> like she's a... Wow. She's a big old weirdo. I love her. Um, she also hated her Finnish main character, who was named Sven Hearson, um, which was probably a dig at Agatha Christie's own Belgian Poirot. She got mm. sick of him after a while. Okay. She was like, I hate this guy. He's like, he's got such a terrible ego. I hate that I invented him. So she kind of like poured that frustration into Ariadne. 
Question number two, the movie version was a bust, but the chili novel it was based on made author Yo Nesbo a fixture in Scandinavian crime fiction. What is that novel? Can you spell Yo Nesbo for me? Uh, J-O, uh-huh. his first name, N-E-S-B-O, Yo Nesbo. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's called The Snowman. Oh. And it was a movie that just came out, I think, last year starring... Yeah, it's because we couldn't tell if... Um, if when he killed someone, if they became a snowman or if <laughs> or the if killer was, like, was a snowman or like he just built a snowman. Just their head was a snowman. Yeah. And um, I, th- I'm not sure cause I didn't read, I didn't read it myself. Uh, but I want to, because um, Yo Nesbo was very, very popular. And from what I understand, he's got a book called the red breast and all this stuff. Mm. So um, Scandinavian crime fiction is notoriously uh, very dark. dark. Oh my God. I love it. It's great. It's great for reading like in January when it's dark and cold. I thought you you were going to say in jail. In jail after (laughs) killing someone. (laughs) Just really really, like lean into that. Okay. Question number three. He's written what seems like thousands of books with varying degrees of quality. James Patterson's most famous main character appears in 27 of them, along with a couple movies. Who is this character? Alex Cross. It is Alex Cross. Um, He is probably named for the fact that Patterson can do a play on words for his titles. Like, you know, I I don't know, like crisscross, double cross Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Alex Cross is interesting because he is a black character Mm -hmm. written by a old white man. Yeah. Which I always thought was very weird, but he's a very popular character. And, and Morgan Freeman played him in the movie. Yes. And so did um, Tyler Perry uh, in the most yeah. recent incarnation. You know, they're T- interchangeable. <laughs> Tyler Perry is surprisingly a very good actor. I- I've seen him in, in things other than uh, Tyler Perry Presents, and I have been <laughs> impressed with his acting abilities. Uh-huh. So take that what you will. Um, question number four, true or false, the modern film neo-noir Chinatown starring Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway was based on a novel of the same name. I'm going to say false. It is false. It was uh, a screenplay by Robert Town. Uh, the movie was directed by Roman Polanski and it is a great movie about the California water wars. And, um, I saw that movie during a film noir class that I took in college and the professor, no spoilers here. The professor basically pointed out to us afterwards, like Jack Nicholson as a detective is the most ineffective character in this entire movie. Like he doesn't solve anything. Uh, he doesn't figure anything out. He just gets his ass kicked from, you know, like beginning to end. He's wear a lot of trench coats. He does wear I trench coats Nicholson and hats. Some trench coats. Yeah. But he's like the, in the first, I think 20 minutes he gets his nose broken <laughs> and he spends the rest of the, the movie with like a bandage on his nose. Oh, and it's like a symbol of like his impotence or something. I don't know. It's a film noir class. What are you going to do? Um, question number five. Who's the author of The Moonstone, a frenemy of Charles Dickens, and the beleaguered, unreliable narrator of Drood? It's Wilkie Collins. It is Wilkie Collins. I have, in previous episodes, expounded upon the incredible Drood book, so I will not repeat that. <laughs> Question number six. Mystery writers love a serious theme. A perfect example being the late, great Sue Grafton's alphabet series. I'm so sad she I know. didn't get to Z. I know. Did she get to Y? Yeah. Oh, maybe she's got a manuscript and someone's going to finish it. I know. Um, what is the theme of Janet Ivanovich's Stephanie Plum series? They're numbers. They are it's numbers. like one for the money, two for the dough. dough. Yeah. And her most recent one, which is going to be published this year, is called 20. Look Alive 25. Five. Yeah. They're funny. Like oh, they're yeah. um her protagonist is is pretty funny and bumbly and stuff and her sidekick is a um a former sex worker named uh Lula who just wears like crazy wigs and crazy outfits and always like has a gun in her bag that she goes <laughs> off at an inopportune time and they always like want to go get snacks during the middle of a oh, that's during the middle of like a detective <laughs> chase. So all right. It, and she is like a crazy grandma. Who, and it's it's pretty good. Like, it's nice, fluffy. Like, oh, yeah. You've told peach. me that yeah. you've enjoyed the Ivanovich books yeah. in the past. And I really should get back into like cozy or like light yeah, it's, mer- it's mystery. It's definitely like a, you know, <laughs> funny mystery. Yeah. I've thing. been in like Finland and Sweden, et cetera. <sighs> you got to get out of now. there. <laughs> I know. It's really. It's, you Yeesh. just keep wearing black all the time. Your makeup just keeps getting paler. I started that band, Henbane. Henbane. Cluck, 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 yeah. 
Uh, question number seven. Some mystery authors write romance novels and usually under a pen name. What was Agatha Christie's romance alter ego who published books with names like A Daughter's A Daughter and Giant's Bread? I don't know. Her name was Mary Westmacott. What? Her the, her pen name was Mary Westmacott. What's Westmacott? Westmacott. W-E-S-T-M-A-C-O-T-T. Westmacott. That sounds like uh, a fake name if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, she's looking out the room. Right. West. <laughs> Macaw. Yeah. Um, those books are weird. I remember reading them in high school and they are weird. They're they're barely romance novels. Like yeah. there's a romance at the center of the storyline, but it's just like it's a lot of stream of consciousness mm. consciousness and it's weird. And um, then The Renun by Agatha Christie is one oh of my, my favorite books of all it's time. Fabulous. I have to read it again. I haven't read it in a really long I time. I won't read her romance stuff. No. Because I don't, don't want do to it. mar that. It did not do well um question number eight i know you know this answer how many different endings to the 1985 movie clue have there were three mm-hmm. and for everybody that wasn't alive to experience it the they had three different endings that went out to all these different movie theaters they had a b and c endings i'm sorry i'm just explaining your bit no that this it's is not my, even a bit this is my favorite movie no it's so, totally fine i'm um, glad you're saying something they wanted that. you to like basically go out and see multiple versions of it. So like they would say, okay, this theater is showing ending B, this show Mm -hmm. theater is showing ending C. And so like ostensibly they wanted you to go see them all. Yeah. That didn't really take. Um, But then when they released it on VHS, they combined them. So they said, you know, they showed you to the A ending and then they said, or it could have happened like this. And then Mm -hmm. they showed the B ending or it could have happened like, but really it happened like this. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> um, I have never seen it. Um, question number... <laughs> she's taking off her cans. She's taking off the microphone. She's putting it on the table. Oh, my God. She's walking away from me. This is it. Are Guys, you... you <laughs> you're witnessing the end of misinformation. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much to all of our fans and our listeners. <laughs> We've broken up over the fact that I've never seen two of Julia's favorite movies... <laughs> I'm so sorry, Julia. She's getting it back together. I'm not here for you. I'm here for the fans. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, we're back. Here we go. I know she won't even look at me now. I'm so sorry. Question number nine. Mon Dieu, what is widely considered to be the first detective fiction story? <laughs> well, it's French. Uh, yeah, sort of. I don't know. Okay. It's The Murders in the Rue Morgue by Edgar Allan Poe. So it's uh, starring Holmes alike, C. Auguste Dupont. Um, Holmes talks shit about him in a couple of Doyle stories. (laughs) And uh, Poe created the Dupont character before the word detective was even coined. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Question number 10, finally. As mentioned previously, a lot of cozy mystery books have dumb themes. I'm going to name four book titles, and you're going to tell me if they're real or something I made up. Okay, okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. One, meet your baker. Uh, real. Yes, it is uh, part of the Bake Shop Mystery Series by authoress Ellie Alexander. Okay, number two, Unleavened Dead. Real. No, oh, I made that up. That's good. <laughs> uh, number three, Assaulted Caramel. Fake. No, that is oh. real. It is from the Amish Candy Shop Mystery Series. <laughs> I... I, I, I you not Amish candy shop mystery series. They did oh, more than one. More than one. By a woman named Amanda Flower. Ooh. And finally, Pancakes and Corpses. Real. It is real. It's from the Paradale Cafe mystery series by a woman named Agatha Frost. <laughs> so aside from that, um, that unfortunate Ugh. discovery... <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's going to take some time off yeah. from the podcast. We're going to have watch. Seri- <laughs> Julia's going to watch some really important. I think. Okay. Like it's. No, it's I, a know, it's, I, I know it's comedy. I know it's not that I. It's so <laughs> seminal. There, everybody no, in it just, is so funny, and it doesn't. I don't. I don't I not see these don't movies. Know I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. I don't do I it on purpose. I look at you all the time. I know. And I, I always go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's how I get through life. This is how I make friends. You're faking I it. 
stuff. <laughs> I pretend. When you're like flames on the side of my face, I'm like, yeah, girl, right? Because I've seen that gif. That's Anytime all. Anytime anybody like counts something, I'm like one plus one plus two plus one. One plus two plus one plus two. And I don't know what that means. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it on purpose. I just didn't. I just never got around to it. I told you in high school, I just Stop watched West Side watching Story. watching documentaries. I know. And spend some more time with some really important okay. 80s and 90s movies. All right, okay? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm sorry. Well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> this might be our last episode. This is going to be our last episode. We're like the Beatles. <laughs> and, and Clue is and Yoko our, Ono. And Clue is our Yoko Ono. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, if you like us and you want us to stay together, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and whatever podcast app you prefer using our RSS feed. And uh, if you want to contact me and yell at me about how few movies I know and have seen, um, you can contact us at misinfopod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us uh, at misinfopod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page called Misinformation, colon, a trivia podcast. Uh, Alex, get on that spreadsheet because um, uh, Clue needs to be on there too. Shout out to Alex G who is maintaining a Google Doc of all of the movies that Lauren needs to see. I think the Google Doc is called Things Lauren Needs to See, Hear, and Read. That's excellent. Um, thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you, Alex. You're doing the Lord's work. Um, you can also either stream on our website, uh, triple dub dot misinfopod.com. I almost forgot our website. And um, on our website and also on our Twitter, um, we have a link to PayPal in case you wanted to send us a tip. Um, This will help to cover our hosting fees and equipment upgrades as long as, you know, like for when I break my cans and microphone from storming (laughs) off from the table. Whipping them off of your head in an (laughs) angry fit. Righteous anger. (laughs) But uh, again, thank you so much to the people who have donated. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate it. Um, You guys are awesome. Yeah, then thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Maybe. (laughs) Bye. Bye.